0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to real fast, uh, for a few minutes, talk about something. Um, My intention tonight... uh, was and I'll get to it eventually. But I wanted to um, talk a little bit about some of the things that uh, we talked about on winter retreat. Um, I felt impressed to go back and you know, for all of us to hear some of those things. You know, um, the stuff I I ministered on winter retreat. Most of you weren't there, um, but um, was something that um, the Lord had been talking to me for a little bit about some things, and they weren't like brand new things stuff we'd never heard before but it was just a different way of looking at some things that were a real help to me and so leading up to the trip you know I mean literally it was a bit of a crazy trip to plan and so getting all the details together you know even the day of and each day of you know each message you know still getting things worked out and um so like I said I felt impressed you know to to go in and, and actually talk about some of the same things that I did there and uh we're gonna just touch on something tonight um a part of that and, um, um, and then we'll, we'll do something after this, you know, two things. Um, I'm not, uh, we're not people that, that, um, are looking for people to do things specific. Like you've heard us say before, we don't care, you know, what you do as far as, you know, we're looking for a particular response. You know, I think, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, People can feel pressured to respond certain ways and do certain things. You know, we just want people to respond out of their heart. What's your heart telling you to do? And and um, we trust people to learn to locate their heart so it's not something weird, you know, and, and just respond out of your heart. What would be weird is to not respond out of your heart. And, um, you know, we, we, we don't, we're we not looking for certain things and certain, certain um Responses, you know, but we always want to make room for God uh, to do what He wants to do, but also room for us to to respond how we need to. You know, one of the things we've done youth ministry now for a long time, and um, it definitely affects how you do things. I mean, I I have many friends who who did youth ministry for many years and went on to do other things, and it just it, it forever ruined them. You know, like <laughs> in a good way. I mean, it just it just kind of it just had such an impact on who they were. And uh, one of the things that have been such a joy over the years, we've done trips, you know, winter retreats and camps and all of these different things. And they've been they've been amazing. And um, I wish we could take everybody with us when we go, you know, and I've heard people say, I wish we could go to this and wish we, you know, uh, just logistically, we can't do that. But the thing about these trips are always been amazing trips. But, you know, there's really nothing about the trip in and of itself. That's anything they, they really don't mean anything. They're just locations on a piece of paper that we figure out ahead of time and somewhere that we drive. And, and, um, you know, like this last trip, you know, we were going to go to Tennessee and then that fell through and then we'll go to St. Augustine. Well, then that fell through. Well, then we'll go five miles down the road. And, and I, I was a little bit kind of bummed out, like, Oh, we're only just, I don't even know if clock is even out of the city limits. It might, might be in town. I don't even know, but, um, it's right on the border regardless, you know? And, uh, but, you know, God showed up, and, and it was a great a great time. Really, location isn't the issue, issue. You know, this morning we talked about what's going on out in Kentucky, and, and when I got home today, you know, after lunch, I turned on YouTube and just watched a couple of videos, and there was some, one of them, just somebody was interviewing people in, a, in line, you know, that were there. And, and, of course, you know, if the Lord tells somebody to go somewhere, by all means, do it. But a lot of times people just go places because they're looking for something. And the reality is, you know, it's not that you have to be, in a specific location. Now, I always want to preface that the Lord puts us in local bodies and you do have to be part of those bodies that cruisomatic Christian free range believer. That thing is not, that's not real. You know, if you're a free range believer, just eating where you want, you're, you're, that's not a good believer. That's not, that's not, uh, that's not how the Lord set things up to be. But, um, But people have this idea that people are interviewed and they're like, ah, you know, like, what are you doing here? We just, we just had to come and we drove 17 hours to come and well, that's awesome. And then somebody else, we drove from Chicago and, and this first person we drove here and they're, they just said, you know, we just wanted to experience God. We just wanted to experience him. And on one hand, I admire the desire. I admire that, you know, hunger that you would drive 17 hours. I mean, dear Lord, if you could get people just to drive a half an hour to church, what a difference would that make, Right but have enough desire to get off the couch and come, you know, and these people drove across the country, some of them and, and wait in line for three hours. I remember, I remember those days, winter Bibles. When I was in uh, high school, we would drive out there and camp meetings or the, the ladies conference, all the ladies, we, they, we, I wasn't a lady, but uh, the ladies would drive out there, you know, and spend all this effort to go. And, and because they, they believe we believe we were, there was something for us there and thank God for those opportunities. Those are wonderful things. Um, but you know, the reality of camps, winter treats after all these years, women's retreats, all of these things that we've, we've done, the reality is that it's not the location, it's the heart that's, that's important. You know, and, and what it does is these, those kind of things, if you're gonna get something, there's natural human excitement involved about going on a trip. and and, we, and that is a part of who we are. We can't deny that's a part of who we are. Just naturally speaking, we get excited about doing something. And, um, that's that, you know, at the same point, a side note, that's okay for us to foster in our church in excitement about impact family church. And when we come together, just that's just purely natural. We just love being here. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not being unspiritual. Uh, something that's close to your heart should be something that is also something you enjoy. Right. But, uh, you know, there's that, that side of it, excitement that happens about the trip, but really the success of those trips is just because, people put aside time, they're just setting aside time. They're just, they're coming out of their schedule. They're saying, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to move as you let you move as you want to. I'm going to set this time aside for you, do what you want to do. And, and, you know, God always shows up and thank God for things that are going on other places, but there are things that God is doing here. There are things that are going on here in this local body. And, um, you know, we don't need those kind of trips for, for things to happen. We just need open hearts. We just need people who are really expecting and excited about what God is going to do that night. You know, and that time we're together, this prayer session, this service, this worship service. And you can then move that into your private life, you know, in your, in your own private time, in your morning devotion. And I have a half an hour, in my half an hour time, I'm excited about what God's gonna do. I'm setting aside, I'm making a, an offering of my time to the Lord, and I'm setting it aside. And because I'm doing that for Him, He's gonna show up, and you're just excited to be there. You know, when I, when I open my Bible, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, I have 20 minutes to read, and I'm gonna open my Bible, and I'm excited because I'm setting that time aside, and, and I know that, that, that life and truth is going to jump out of the page. You know, it won't just be ink and paper. It'll be life to me. I'm expecting it, you know, and God always responds. And, um, and uh, you know, the times we come together here, there, there are times that are set apart for him. There are times that are set apart for him and there's things that he wants to do. And like I said, you know, we're not trying to, to produce something or manufacture something that is not at all. Uh, you know, something that one person said, and I, and I believe it's true. He's talking about in your testimony, he said, if you start making stuff up about your testimony, you know, people have a testimony, you want to have a good testimony. If you start embellishing your testimony, adding to your testimony to make it a better story, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, people do it, right? And, and if you want it to kind of help round the story out and really, you know, your testimony, you, you start interjecting things that aren't real, you lose the power of your testimony. Well, in our approach to God, if we start adding in things that aren't real, things that we're just doing because we're trying to naturally embellish the moment, that's different than doing things by faith. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing things that don't agree with your heart, that necessarily isn't being directed by your heart or a stance uh, to, to pursue him. You're just doing something to try to make it look better. You, you know, there's a difference. When you start doing that, you're interjecting things that aren't real. And then you start missing out on what is real on his end of it because, you know, he, he's not phony. And I um, said, you know, we're not trying to work anything up. But um, uh, there were some things that, that I wanted to, to, well, I was going to go through all the things that, that just kind of go through the different services that we had on Winter Treat. And it was not going to happen tonight. Um, but let me read you this scripture. This was, you can turn with me to John, the fourth chapter. And this will just hopefully won't take too long. It won't. It won't. In the name of Jesus, it won't. So John chapter 4, um, this was the, uh, the, the set of passages, and specifically one passage that stood out um, to me that I believe the Lord was highlighting while we were there. I'm going to read the whole thing, starting in verse 5. This was uh, speaking of Jesus. It said, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. I believe that's how you pronounce that. Uh, if not... Then and, and we, can, we can figure it out when we get to heaven, right? Uh, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied by his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about, it was about the sixth hour. Verse 7, a woman of Samaria came, came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Sounds like a lot of the stuff that goes on today, right? All these different ideas and things that are going on out there. Jesus answered and said to her, verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. And so that was the verse kind of that we landed on. That was the the verse that uh, uh, just really stood out to me. It's kind of our our beginning scripture and kind of tied the whole weekend. You know, we, when we go on these trips, I, I typically, the way the Lord does it with me, I'll have a, I'll have an, a, a destination somewhere I know we're going with it. And then he helps me fill in the blanks, you know, to get there. And usually there's like a, if you've gone with us, we kind of go on a journey as we get there, go through different things. And then, uh, by the Saturday night service, you know, I've got a few things left to, to finish it up. And then we make room, you know, to let the Lord do what he wants to do. That's been kind of our formula that we've had over the years. And so this was the scripture that kind of uh, kicked it off for me. And this was the one where I knew would be our landing point at the end. You know, if you knew the gift of God, this was the the principle. And um, and this kind of all came about and I started thinking about it, this, particularly the scripture when Rich Walker and I were in uh, Ireland, um, we were sitting at a cafe and I don't know if I talked about this when I, when I came back from the trip, uh, we were sitting in a, in a, in a cafe. I forget where it was, what city it was, it doesn't matter, but we were sitting somewhere and, you know, we're are every day we'd get up and we're endeavoring to be led by God that day, where to go. And he was being really good with us. He was teaching us and helping us and, you know, okay, stay. And then we'd have a release. Okay, go out and go. So we'd go and head this way, go to this place, stop at that restaurant. So anyway, we're sitting at this restaurant. In fact, that was a place where we, remember we tell about the story of the, the waitress that was from um, um, Poland. If you remember that, if you were here when I told about this, from Poland. So she, she was working there, but we were just sitting there and, um, you know, didn't have anything particular going on. We're just hanging out, you know, we were eating some food. What else are you going to do? We're, so we're eating a little bit, just hanging out. And, and we just got to talking about these trips that I do with them, how unusual they are. You know, they're not g- like going with Chris for where you've got a big crusade and you've got a set agenda and you've got a pastor's conference in the morning and crusade at night. It's just, it's just totally different. Jackie knows what I'm talking about. It's just, it's just really different. This is kind of just freelance ministry, you know, and just, we'll just see what happens. And, And, um, we're just kind of sitting there and just talking about some things. And and we started talking about the scripture because as we were sitting there, there's people all around us, they're not paying us any attention, you know, and, and, and we were just commenting on the goodness of God, you know, that, that we believe the Lord had sent us there and he had, had sent us to go and, and just God's love for these people, um, that, that he sent us to this place. Not that there's anything special about Rich and I, we're just two guys, you know, but but the, the Lord sent us there, specifically that town on that day. And, um, you know, so we were just kind of commenting on it. And the scripture, we start talking about the scripture. If you knew the gift of God that was here, you'd ask of me to give, give you water, something to drink. And I'd give you living water. I, if you knew the gift of God. And so we were talking about that. And, and that was not the whole point of Winter Retreat. But it was a starting place for us. If you knew the gift of God, if you knew who, who if people knew... And some, some might might say this is kind of egotistical. It's not. If people recognize the gift of God, which would be his body. If, if people recognize the gift and what he's given them, Jesus was in a position to give this woman something that would change her life. Well, he's not here anymore. We're actually continuing that same ministry. The same ministry Jesus was, was performing at the well, the same offering he had at the well is the same one that you and I are getting to to, to offer as well. And we're doing it in his stead, you know, and, 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 and it's not, so it's not egotistical. Uh, if people recognize one of the things, you know, brother Rich and I were just kind of talking about, it's, it's amazing. The love of God that even in the, in the, even when this is all said and done in the day of judgment, if those people try to stand before the Lord said, well, you didn't give me a chance. He could point back to that day. And of course, people's memories will be perfect at that point. And he can point back to that day, say, no, you were sitting in that restaurant on such and such a day. And I had two of my people sitting right there and you didn't recognize it. You, you weren't aware enough of what was going on. And, and, you know, we know that no one is without excuse. And it was really kind of humbling that the Lord would send us there just for yes, for specific people but also just to be a witness, just to be a light. And, um, but you know, one of the things that we were, we were on winter retreat, like I said, this wasn't the focus of this past trip, but as I was getting ready for it, I had to, I had to, I, the, I believe the Lord had me go back and just say, before you go on, we talked about the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit and, and valuing and understanding the gift of the Holy Spirit. That was the whole point of, of the weekend. But before we got to it, I felt impressed to go back to, if you're going to understand that, you have to understand the gift that you are and what you have in your life. Now, sometimes people think, oh, that's just feel-good stuff. No, it's, it's, it's foundational stuff for us. Um, because, you know, uh, knowing who you are in Christ, identity is such a, a, such a big deal. Identity is such a big deal because if your identity is wrong, if your identity is in the wrong place, what does it mean? If you, if you get your sense of worth and being and, and your, well, your identity, if you get that from other things, that will never satisfy you. Our identity has to be in Christ has to be in who he is and who, what, who he's made us to be. And um, so we, 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 we came back and started talking about those things. And I just want to jump down uh, tonight. This is what I feel like we need to do um, specifically. Um, when it comes to making room for him and approaching God, we have to be aware of what has transpired in us in the new birth. We have to, be, we have to live aware of that. And because because if you're not living aware of that, there's a lot of stuff that's trying to tell you other things. There's a lot of distractions, a lot of stuff that's trying to get your attention off. And if your attention gets off, then your approach gets off. How you approach him is, is not from the right place. You know, he doesn't want us to approach him as nothings, as nobodies, as just worthless, pitiful beings that are just, I'm a sinner and and that's not how he wants us. I don't want my kids to approach me that way. Even when they mess up, I don't want them approaching me that way. And and our Heavenly Father doesn't want that either. He he doesn't desire that. He paid a high price, a, a large price, to get us out of that and, and to raise us up to a position like himself, to, to be, to be, to restore us to the original creation. Adam and Eve weren't they weren't like they didn't have inferiority complexes, you know, they didn't walk around like, oh, they were grateful, but they didn't walk around like, I don't deserve this garden. Like this garden's too good for me. You know, who am I? They, they, they didn't, they didn't have those kind of, they didn't have that approach. They, they knew God had given it to them and he had, he had qualified them for it. And, and, and yes, it was because of him and, and he created it and he was his, but at the same time it was theirs and they belonged there because that was their dad. That was, that was, they were like him. And they recognized the difference that other things weren't like him. You know, the birds and trees and all of that stuff, they're great. And even the angels, they're great, but they're not like him. We, we're, we're actually the ones the most like him. And so just to think of the confidence they had, right? The, the confidence they had before God to, to approach him, to get what they wanted And, and one of the things that has, that has transpired in the new birth, and we, we had looked at a bunch of different things, and I'll eventually, we'll look at it. And this was just kind of kicking the night off, uh, or the, or the weekend off, is one of the things that you have to be aware of, one of the gifts that have, that has taken place in your life, you've been freed from sin. You've been freed from sin. And that may not sound like a big deal, but that is a massive, massive, massive deal. I mean, humanity in, 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 in all of the things since the fall of man, since Adam and Eve, since they messed up, all of the things. I mean, look around, right? All the stuff that people do in other religions, all the stuff they go through. The levers they're pulling and the things they're trying to do. You know, we had had a gentleman that um, I don't know if I said told this. I think I told the teenagers and the, the singles, but we had a gentleman that came through um, Kendra knows, um, uh, I spent a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago, I don't know, maybe a month ago. And um, I was in, I was up in the front office, and, and uh, we, the security camera was on. Something I don't know if we saw somebody walk by or anyway pulled the camera up, and there was somebody walking around the parking lot, just 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 walking around the parking lot, and they were dressed, you know. Dressed in a way that you wonder, like, is the person is there are they homeless? I mean, or is there something going on? Like they it was it was a little chilly outside, but not too chilly, but they were really bundled up with lots of clothes and he had a little satchel in his or, or something next to him, and he had his hand in this bag and he's he's just walking around the parking lot. So, you know, we're like, All right, what's going on? So I, I kind of paying attention to what, what's happening. And so finally he walks around this direction and there's a blind spot. I won't tell you where it is. Uh, there's a, there's a small little blind spot and it was near where my car was. And so I'm like, who's this guy? You know, like what's going on? So I, I walked out to the door, you know, to see who is this person? Cause you know, they're not knocking on the door. They're not asking for anything. They're just walking And doing something in this little bag. We didn't know what was going on. So I walk out and I'm like, hey, how's it going? He starts coming my direction. I said, well, hold up. I said, what's going on? And because I don't know what was what I was about to experience. Well, long story short, he was a Hare Krishna. And uh, he had bought or he was renting a room in the neighborhood next door to us uh, right here. And he spends, I I forget the exact details, but if I get this right, he spends like two hours a day in his room chanting. And then he'll go outside for a couple hours and chant some more. And he was just looking for a place to go and do his chants. And that in his bag, he's got some beads and some things in there that, that's part of when he's doing certain chants, he has to hold certain beads. And I'm not making fun of him, I'm just telling him that's what he was doing. And so we got into talking, you know, and I said, oh, cool. And so I, well, you know, I, I got to talking with him. And so, of course, he wants to, to talk to me and got to share the gospel with him and, and, um, and then uh, he's he's, he was actually, it was funny. He's from, he had lived in Belgium. It's like, Oh, I've been to Belgium. So we talked about that. And, and then he's doing this and he writes all these papers. He's real involved with interfaith stuff. And so, and we got to share the gospel with him and the Lord really helped me to kind of zero in to get him to something that would cause him to think for a minute. But whole point is he's having to do all this stuff, all of these things. And, 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 you know, religion, that's what it does. You're doing all this stuff to get to God. You're trying to earn it. You're trying to work. You can't earn this. And so when the Bible says, what what was the thing that kept us from God? It was sin. What was the problem that separated them? It was sin entered in and God can't have fellowship with that. We've been freed from sin. I mean, when, when, and and the word tells us whom the son has set free is free indeed. So if you've been freed from sin, now, now this has nothing to do with what you're experiencing or maybe what. Maybe you chewed the kids out on the, on the way here and it was completely you were in the fault. I'm not, that doesn't matter at all. You've been freed from sin, right? Even something that if, if no, in a lot of sense we think about this, we think about actions, the things that we're doing. And that's a part of it. That's a part of it. And, and if people will embrace the reality that God has set me free from sin, they can walk those things out. Well, there's another, another aspect of it we'll look at in just a second. But go to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 chapter I just want you to see this so you know we, 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 we're on the same page here. I'm not just making something up in case you don't know this. But in Romans chapter 8, uh, the second verse. I love the phrasing that, that, that Paul uses. I love how he phrased this. Because he, he puts like a stamp of authority on it when he says it. I love it. He said in Romans 8, 2, he says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I love that phrase, the law. When we think of the law, what does that mean? That's, that's, the, that's the final authority. Some, when, it's, when somebody says, well, you know, you have a sign somewhere and you know, it says, do this. When when you know it's the law, buckle up, it's the law, right? I mean, that, that lets you know that, hey, you have to buckle up and don't argue. It's the law, right? Well, I love the way he wrote this. He said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So he's saying, I'm putting a stamp on this. There is a law of the spirit of life that there is, this is, this is the authority that the law of, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of, of sin and death, the thing is the, the, now that you've been free from it, it exposes that the law of this, of sin and death was a lower law. It was a lower authority. It would, therefore it's a lower power. And yet when you were under it, it was law. You were bound by it. When, uh, When you were underneath the law of sin and death, you were bound by it. And there was no way out. There was no higher authority. That was, that was it sin buckle up the law, right? That was it. Well, he says, you've been set free from that. And so you know, the re- knowing that helps us to live free from the junk that our flesh enjoys. And that's really all it is, right? And that, our, that we've allowed our minds to entertain. We can live free from that. Why? Because we know we've been set free from the law of sin and death. I'm going somewhere. So we know we've been set free from the law of sin and death. And so a lot of times we think as far as actions and don't do this. And, and we do need to be working those things out. We do need to lay those things at the feet of Jesus. If we want to know him, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So we know that that's true. So we have to live those things. But there's another aspect of the law of sin and death. It's not just the actions itself, but it's the effects of the law of sin and death. So we've been free from the bondage of it. The deeds, the the things that are dissatisfactory to God, that 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 violate his law, that that would violate the will of God. We've been set free from those things. We have now the power to live above those. But we've also been set free from the law of sin and death in the in the aspect of or from the perspective of the consequences or the byproducts of it. The things that come as a result of sin and not measuring up and all of the junk that, that happens and that's attached to it. You know, when I I sat down, I was sitting down there. uh, This is the, the way he, he described it. You've been set free from the fallout of sin from the fallout. You know, when you have a, a nuclear bomb that drops, you've got destruction that happens. You have a blast zone, right there. And then and, and, you know, I remember watching the videos. I wasn't alive during the time, but, but watching the videos and they're in the, the early, in the sixties, you know, when they would do the, the bomb drills in the fifties and sixties and have everybody hide under their desk. That desk is not going to help you. Right. If an atom bomb lands in the backyard, you might as well go out and enjoy the show. Don't get under the desk. You know I mean? Just might as well enjoy. Hey, that's a pretty, Oh, bye. You know that you ought to do that. Right. But, but you know of course those of us who grew up during the cold war era you know when we were fighting the russians and every movie was about rocky beating up on the russians or whatever you know we lived very aware of of those kind of things even even then but um so you have the initial blast zone and a lot of times that's we that's that's the sin that we think of it's the blast zone it's the detonation area it's the destruction that happens you know sin can be destructive i mean it can cause all kinds of problems and and it can do lots of damage in your life and others, and it's, it's a horrible thing. But then you have another thing that's called fallout after a nuclear weapon. You've got the initial impact, and then fallout happens. And, and those are things that are just lingering side effects, just lingering stuff that just stays around and just sticks to you and just is terrible to get rid of and just... Just your life, a person's life didn't end, but it forever changed them and just kind of dogs them. I mean, I, I love World War II history and I've watched documentaries when they dropped, you know, the, the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki and horrible thing, awful thing, you know, that, that, that was done. And, and, but the same point, you know, there's a lot of factors involved in it and, and, and they used it and, and others were about to use them. The the Germans were working on their version. I mean, it was, it was a lot of prayer was happening and, and side thought, that's just, it just saddens me to see God's creation just doing the things they do to each other. But, but anyway, when they would show, I've seen videos and, and documentaries of people who survived the blast in those cities. And they're just, the blast happened, it didn't kill them, you know, and maybe they lived outside of town a few miles or 20 miles or whatever. But fallout just, just messed them up, just affected everything they do. And they're still alive but the fallout has just kind of ruined their life. You know, fallout has affected them and done all this stuff. Um, You know, there there are, I, I just want to read this to you. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death and that includes fallout. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free not just from the death and destruction and the calamity, but from the fallout of the law of sin and death. And as we were, you know, we were, uh, we were singing there, we're talking about, what was the song you, you were singing? No, I forgot the words. No, 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 the one you, you. Make Room, Make Room, Make Room, yeah, thank you, Michelle. Steve can't remember his own song. I should have remembered it. But anyway, seeing Make Room, Make Room. You know, the fact is you've been set free from this stuff. But people deal with fallout. They carry fallout for years. And this isn't like an emotional thing. We're trying to get you people to be all emotional. I don't care about any of that stuff. But, but if you've been set free from something, why are you carrying it around? Right? Why are you carrying around the baggage of stuff that you've been set free from? Yes, a lot of times I've been there before where I've made mistakes. Sin, we, call it, we like to call it mistakes because it sounds better. It was sin right? You know, it was disobedience. It was sin, right? And there are consequences to those things. And, 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 you know, we, this happens and, 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 and so then we get it, we get it straight. We ask the Lord to forgive us. Sometimes we have to do the things that are necessary to make amends of his dealing with people or whatever it is, you know, there are consequences to some stuff, but we get those things taken care of. And yet we kind of feel like it's okay to live with the fallout there's like, well, there's a little bit of like, I kind of deserve the fallout. I mean, I know God forgave me and I know I'm free from that. But, you know, the fallout, sometimes people think, think like, you know, I don't I, I, like I'm going to put it. It's OK for me to put up with it. They don't address it because after all, I do deserve it. These lingering attitudes, these lingering thoughts, these lingering things that keep me from what God has for me. I, I kind of, it's the fallout. Well, it's fallout from my decision. Yeah, God's forgiven me, but that's just, that's just the way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, no, the, the scripture says that the law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's the explosion and it's the fallout. And so as we're singing that song, the Lord reminded me, listen, I know, we're talking about making room. All of these things happen not because God does something; He's already done something, right? I mean, all of these things that everything that's been accomplished in the new birth has already been accomplished. Jesus isn't winning fresh battles; He's not dealing with new or old problems or new problems. He's already dealt with them; they're done; they're taken care of. It's a law now; the law has been set. There's a law of life; it's in a law; it's a law of liberty. It's been set; it's done; it's. There's not a higher court. They're not ratifying it. They're not changing it. It's done, right? But so what keeps us from from living there? It all goes back to a choice. It all goes back to a choice. It's a choice to accept Christ. It's a choice to get forgiveness. It's also a choice to walk free from fallout of things. It's just a choice. It's just a choice, and so what I had on my heart, uh, tonight, and I'll talk a, a long time getting there, but anyway, it's kind of lay the groundwork, you know, um, I believe now you, when I say this, people are like, okay, I don't, what do I do now? Because I don't want people to know nobody's thinking about anybody. Right. And if you're thinking about anybody, don't right. Think about yourself. Right. And, and I'm not asking anybody to do anything in particular, I'm not asking for you to, to raise hands or do anything in particular, but I do know this. I had sense this in my heart. The Lord is wanting to do things for some people. In fact, He's already done th- things for you. He's wanting, better way to say it. Thank you. He's wanting you to enjoy what He's already done. He's 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 paid the price. He's done all the He's done all the work that's necessary. Uh, necessary. He's freed you eternally, but He's also freed you from the fallout. He doesn't want you to live in fallout. He wants you to be free of the fallout. A lot of times, things things attach themselves to people, regret, fear, insecurity, right? Uh, uh, shame of things. Things have happened maybe by your choice or somebody else. And a fear gets in that if I don't do this, that you people live controlled by, by fear Right? I don't want the fallout to be worse. I don't want my kids to get the fallout or, or whatever. You know, People start doing things that don't even make sense because they're not, not saying not make sense. i are not criticizing. I'm saying they're not, they're not living aware of what the scripture says. You're free from those things. Well, if you want to live free, you have to make a decision to be free. Or, or Well, let me say it right. You, you are free. You have to make a decision to experience that freedom. And God can't take that from you. He can't deliver you from that. That can't be a reality in your life if you hold on to it. You ju- It just can't. If you want to keep something, if it's sin, or if it's fallout from sin, if you want to keep it, He'll let you keep it. Right? But if you want to give it to Him, He'll take it from you. He'll take it from you. There's, there's several things, um, several different scriptures. I was reminded of of this one, let me let me get to it in Hebrews, the twelfth chapter. Hebrews chapter twelve, um, and there's other things. This is just one that 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 I believe the Lord brought to my attention. In verse fourteen, Hebrews twelve fourteen says, "Pursue peace with all people and holiness." without which no one will see the Lord. Great verse. It's very true. Looking carefully. Now, I like the, the phrasing there. We don't have time to go into it, but looking carefully. We need to examine these things. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. You know, bitterness is fallout in our lives, bitterness is fallout. In our lives, there's a lot of things. Shame. There's a lot of things. But this specifically was something that just kind of stood out to me. The Lord reminded me of this scripture: "A root of bitterness. Be careful, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God." That means you can fall short of the grace, the ability. You can fall short of those things. Be careful not to do that. And he, and he specifically, by the inspiration of the Spirit, the writer, I believe it was Paul, the writer. Uh, of Hebrews specifically landed on bitterness, a little bit. He landed on this. He said, "Don't let any root of bitterness get in there because it it'll choke the life out of you. It'll choke. It'll choke you to death. <laughs> you know if if you let it. Um. It, you know. And tonight, I just what I what I had in my heart. Like I said, I know it kind of took a long way to get there. I just want to kind of lay the groundwork. But but Steve's so going to come back up. Um. That's all right, Steve, and he's come back up. Um, you know, if, if, if you have things in your life, fallout that you need to just deal with, right? If you've not asked God to get it straight, if you've not gotten it straight with the Lord, ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness. That's called repentance. Make a decision to not do those things. But if there's things in your life that are dogging you, nobody needs to pray for you. Nobody needs to lay hands on you. Nobody needs to talk you into it. You just have to make a decision. You know what? I choose to not live this way anymore. The thing that the fallout that's tried to attach itself, maybe it was something you did. Somebody else did regret, bitter, bitterness, you know, insecurity, Uh, Fear, whatever it is, tried to get a hold of you. Just say, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore. And as an act of faith, give it to the Lord. I've had to repent and ask God to forgive me for carrying that kind of stuff before. Lord, I've been carrying this thing around. I know I shouldn't have, but I've been doing it. I've been, I've been carrying this thing around kind of like it's my friend. It's not helping me. It's keeping me out of where God wants me to be. God wants to take us all further than we've been, He wants to, he wants, he wants to show himself when I say that, not like, you know, we're going on a magical mystery trip or something. I mean, he wants to, he wants to show himself in our life, right? I mean, like a magical mystery tour. Yeah. He wants to, he wants to just be real in our life. He wants us to become more and more aware of him in every single situation and day and moment and all of these things. And, and isn't that what we want? Kind of weak, I guess. I mean, that's what I want. You know, and I want to enjoy the stuff that's here, but I want to enjoy the stuff free from all the junk that, 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 that tries to drag us down. So, you know, we've been singing, Stephen was singing, um, whatever the words were, Michelle, move as you want to. Yeah, I make room, I make room. And, um, you know, it's 853. It doesn't have to be a long deal. I'm not asking for tears. You know, I'm not asking for people to start having hug fest. I mean, you know, if you want to hug somebody, hug somebody. If you, you know, if you, whatever. But if you have, if you have stuff you need to let go of, just give it to the Lord make a determination. I am releasing this tonight. I'm not going to live controlled by fear. I'm not going to live controlled by anxiety. I'm not going to live controlled by regret. I'm not going to live controlled by bitterness and resentment. I'm not going to live controlled by these things. I'm not going to, when I mean not, I'm not going to live influenced by them any longer. I'm done, right? Then just offer it to the Lord tonight as, as an act of faith. Well, how do I do that? You do it by your mouth Right? You, you speak what you're doing. You, and it's a decision of your heart that you make. And if the Lord tells you to do something, you do that. But otherwise, just, just give it over to Him. Make a choice. I'm just not going to go there and make a determination. I'm just not going to let it bother me anymore. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. I'm not going to entertain those suggestions. I'm not going to do that anymore. Why? Because I've been free from the law of sin and death. I've been set free from that. I've been set free from all of that stuff. I'm done. I'm telling you, it'll help your fellowship with God. It'll help you. Because I don't know about you. I've been there before. When you get close to them, suddenly those things, if you don't deal with it, they start being like, hey, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Oh, what about this? What about, well, you know, this. And and, and you're like, oh, well, that's kind of right. But once you give it, when those things try to speak up, I'm like, no, I got rid of that. I got rid of that. I got rid of that. And I'm telling you, the time will come you won't even think about it any longer. That's what freedom looks like.